another session with the Tri-Tech Games Podcast, starring Bruce, John, Trav, Pixie. So sit back and groove with us cats as we spin another session of the Tri-Tech Games Podcast. This is Bruce. This is John. This is Trav. This is Pixie. Welcome to the TriTac Games Podcast. Your podcast of finding out that you're of infinite mass and also of infinite size. Someone hold my ale while I sell up my dragon and fly up to the sky. Oh, if I'm oh, if I'm that big, these pants won't fit anymore. But they're of infinite size, Trav. Anyways, this week we are returning to our topic of playing Fringeworthy and somebody else's intellectual property, and we are continuing on our discussion of Skyrim, because once was not enough. This week we have Josie, uh, Professor Josie, here to instruct us on the uh, cosmology of Skyrim and why that matters to Fringeworthy Explorers and anybody else who might want to uh, RPG the uh, the world and not just play the video game. So, Josie, take it away. Oh, yes, because we always want to know why you shouldn't investigate that swirling red flaming portal. <laughs> I, okay. I, I didn't think you ever were not to. Was there ever a reason? Oh, of course there's a reason to go there. It's so pretty. Can I touch it? <laughs> You want to die. <laughs> You're touched all right, John. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, basically, the the planets are both the gods and the planes that they belong to, which is pretty much the same thing. I'm getting a sense, um, Josie, I'm getting a sense of, like, how Eberron does it, that each of the 13 moons in the Eberron setting, are named after the 13 coterminous planes that touch on Eberron's plane. I, I'm sensing suppose, a similarity. I, I suppose that <clears throat> does make sense. This seems to be like the layout of our own solar system. There's eight other planets besides our own. In this case, the eight planets correspond to the eight divines. Okay. They're, um, and divines are what? The the divine the the eight divines opening up a new page here or it combines the eight divine it combined several pantheons from different races into a more cohesive thing and allowed them to not argue so much. Okay, I got it. So it's kind of like well over here in this country we've got a god of fire. And over in this country, we have a god of fire. Oh, it's just two aspects of the same god. It's the same right. god. Yeah. Like, yeah. 
Let's take Akatosh, the dragon god of time, chief of Pantheon. He has multiple different names. In the Snow Elves call him Oriel. In the Nordic Pantheon, some people think, some think he's actually Alduin. Disagree with that one, but that's, okay. that's beside the point. Yeah, Alkosh is another name for him, but you get the point. Different names for the same being. Yes. Yeah, Jupiter and Zeus. Zeus, yeah. yeah. Essentially, yes. Okay. Nern itself is made from the other, made from pieces of these other planets. And from my reading, Nern is also the material plane as well. Yes. Its other name is Mundus. Latin for world, yeah. <laughs> And everything seems, everything involving there, most anything involving there seems to be centered on the continent of Tamriel. The moons, as it has two of them, Maser and Secunda, they're regarded, they are regarded by various cultures as attendant spirits of their god planet. So Maser and Secunda would be the attendant spirits to the material planet. Yeah, and I'm looking in the uh, wiki. Uh, I'm, I'm on the uh, Elder Scrolls wikia.com, and they mentioned that it's more like uh, these moons are, well, dead and died. So not only are they dead worlds, they are dead, dead worlds. Right. The planes are, are likewise dying as a result. Yeah. Yeah, well, not only that, but you can actually see through them. Mm hmm. The, the places where there's dark spots, you know, where you'd normally just think that they were just, you know, uh, things that, you know, where you're seeing darker matter underneath the surface, you can actually see stars through the other side of it. So even though these are infinite mass and infinite size, and they're not really round, they're actually, I guess, fl flat or it doesn't matter because you can see through them. The perception of roundness in the moons are is directly related to to moral perception really the mortals are simply not capable of perceiving the plane as its true nature so that's the closest they can get so the earth really is flat is what you're telling me it could very well be well yeah well except for nern nern for some reason is described as a finite ball of matter and magic so of, every, of all the other worlds in this cosmology, only Nern or Mundus is finite. Everything else is an infinite plane. And, and I like the way you say it. It's, <laughs> men, it's mental stress while you see it as round things. Right. And space itself is the interpretation of how mortals see oblivion. That it can't be viewed properly from the material plane, so they see it as void of space. So this is the case of where you look into the abyss and you don't see it. Right. The stars are holes, tears in oblivion. Aetherius is where it is the ultimate source of magic. Ah. In this world. Okay. So I'm looking at some interesting images of interpretations of this. And actually, I posted a link to one in the chat, but... So it's sort of like there's a sphere, but it's really not a sphere. It's an infinite. It's an infinite plane, but it's also a sphere. Am I right? It's an, it's an infinite plane perceived as a sphere. Yeah. 
and it has holes in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Gotta have another shot before I go over that one a bit more. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, this is you know, this is typical most religions. The cosmology is always going to be interesting and nonsensical in some places. So, basically, right. and the brightness of a star is nothing more than how big it is, how big the tear is. And, of course, the biggest tear is... The sun. Yep. Yes, but there's no sense of distance either. No. It's because the nature of this. There literally tears through one a, through a planet to another. Tears were created as the di- as the various Aedra left the mortal plane. Ah, so they're saying, "Bye, suckers!" And I'm going this way, and right through. Yeah. So maybe so- Josie, you could like give us a very short uh, narration of what. How how the how the universe came into being and who all these players are that you're naming? That would be described as the dawn era, you know, the basically the, the period of prehistory that includes the creation of the universe. That is the dawn era, prior to the advent of mortals on Tamran. Time did not originally exist. First, what the the twin forces of order and chaos appeared. They then the they took their own forms, Anu and Padome. They birthed their own souls, Anuiel and Sithis, respectively. For those of you that aren't familiar with this, yes, that's Sithis. The interplay between these two opposing forces created what is known as the Orbis. That other beings began to form in, from the void after this. After Basically, the aspects of order and chaos appeared as beings started appearing. The first among these were Oriel and Lorcan. With Oriel's existence, time actually began. Lorcan. So, how did anything get done before time was created? How did anything get done before the Big Bang happened? Uh, we don't have any narration of things happening before the Big Bang. Exactly. But we do in this particular game. Right. I mean, there sounds like there's, I, I hate to call them gods, but they were things that walked in the Aetherius. You know, and they, you know. No, I don't know. Well, the, I, from best the, I can, go ahead. The, the, the Orbis is pretty much the na- their name for the universe itself. It's the it's an overlap between order and chaos. Yeah, it says here and and Anuiel, Anu soul, and Sithis Padme's soul, and the interplay between those two opposing forces created what is known as the Orbis. After this, other beings began to form from the void. The first of these among these were Oriel and Lorcan, who were both the birth cells of Anuel and Sithis, respectively. Yeah, see, that's where I have a little bit of problem because we're talking about a. T- a, 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 th- a th- time before time and they're giving birth to stuff and i'm like (laughs) how do you know that you didn't give birth before you did these other things so you know that's all i'm saying the daughter is only known through myth and religious teachings so okay let let me see what else here oriel brought the concept of time into existence with the genesis of time the turbulent arbus began to stabilize and other at ada were able to form their own identities to sing from each other, and hundreds of such divine beings were formed. Okay. They're the various deities, the Aedra and Daedra. Okay. Yeah. So, 
basically when you say religious teachings, you remember this is a, this is a universe where you actually can talk to the gods. So therefore it's coming from the gods or other beings and mm -hmm. they may embroider things a bit, you know, the, you know, increase their position in what, what, what happened for all we know, it may have happened this way. Right. Lord, uh, and Padme's constant struggle had created a number of planes for these deities and other beings to inhabit. Not all of them were content with this. Lorcan was one that approached the others with a plan to create their own plan, instead of basically letting it happen more or less naturally. The the ones that Oriel managed the, the the ones that Lorcan managed to convince, Oriel being among them, are collectively referred to as the Aedra. Rest of the Etzada being Daedra. Apparently, those terms are explicitly relative to the Myr and their ancestral beliefs. Yes, the Myr, the Myr believe they are descended from the Etzada. Okay. Um. And they they see Lorcan as tricking the other Aedra into giving up pieces of their divinity. Yeah, although Anu and Padme were infinite, the Edada were not. They realized they were giving up parts of themselves to form this new world, something Lorcan, according, according to Mer tradition, was fully aware of. Lorcan, according to what is believed, he literally gave his life to create Ner. His body became the world itself. Mm. Therefore... He could not be completely destroyed because Lorcan's heart represented the heart of the world. Yes, during this process, Lorcan's heart was removed and made into a magical stone. That stone being the Red Tower Stone. All right. That's, it sounds like a variation of some Egyptian mythos. Mm -hmm. Many of the gods departed the mortal plane before it was fully complete. Chief among these was Magnus the main architect of Lorcan's plan. Right, because, because he's, he understood that his vital essence was being drained to create this realm. I mean, they, they, they fled. They didn't just leave. They were fleeing for their lives. Yeah. His, his departure to Aetherius opened a hole in the barrier between planes, allowing magic to flow into Mundus. Okay, so... It was a good and, thing he left. And the, and Mundus <laughs> is the area which is the world and the surrounding planets. Yeah, basically the prime this world's prime material plane, yeah. Right, because there's an area beyond that before you reach, you know, which is just oblivion until you reach the the outer barrier which is where the tears are and then on the other side is the well, realm the of magic, right? The tears themselves are bridges to Aetherius. If you follow directly, yeah. But what's the what's the border? What's what's that? The the border is actually the barriers maintained. The barrier maintained by the towers. Okay. It is. It's very difficult to pierce that barrier because the towers' existence. Okay, I, I didn't know that. Yeah. So, all right. So, if you want to go, th so I hate that because someone must have gone. What's in the Aetherius? It's the immortal plane. Ah, Aetherius, the immortal plane is the realm from which Adria, is it Edra? 
Adra. Adra, such as the nine divines originate. Aetherius, Aetherius is a source of magic in all creation and mundus. It can be construed as the inverse of oblivion from which the Drada originate. Conversely, Aetherius is the realm from which Adra are connected. Oblivion, <laughs> oblivion is considered the, considered the dualistic inverse of the Aetherius. So it's a place of pure magic, and where magic comes from. Uh, common belief is that souls ascend to this location upon death. Uh, oh, and the Imperial Geographic Society has has this to say about it. <clears throat> I gotta do this in the proper voice. It is uh, the ethereal energy that infuses our daily existence, from the highest to lowest, and gives us all traces of man, mer, and beast common purposes. Its magic brings the rains to the field, loves to our hearts, and scientific principles to our technological industries. It gives us the very sun itself. Finally, Aetherius is the home of the Adra, whose cornerstones, those cornerstones of Mundas, whose aspects we see in the temple, in lordship, and the high walks of heroes. Yes, because the, the eight divines remain connected to Mundus, but reside in their own planes. Okay, and there's actually some... but uh... That's what made the other planets. Oh, and there was in one in Elder Scrolls 2, Daggerfall, there was actually a quest to go to Aetherius. Alright. And you do enter a portion of Aetherius during Skyrim. Yeah. As Southgard is part of Aetherius. Okay. So basically, what? Well, sort of... Um... Well, it, it is possible to go there, but only under circumstances unless you are already dead. Sounds like so uh, hippy trippy LSD trip. Well, there's a there's a couple quests in what? Skyrim where you seem to just like fall into a dream and end up in somebody else's realm. So maybe that. Well, that would probably be most of the Dragonborn quest line. Yeah. The Black Books come into play. So, so obviously there's probably there obviously means that in in the Aetherius there's more worlds that exist. Right, because Sovngarde is... So why does any of this matter to the players, to the people of Skyrim or uh, 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 Tarmiel, and any fringe where they might come in? It matters because of the connections between the planets. Because the connections exist, whether through the tears that lead to Aetherius, or the towers that maintain the barrier between... Mundus and Oblivion. If something were to disrupt that. And I just realized something, Bruce. What? Uh, I try to remember. Did you place it as a prime or as an alt when you first when we first came up with this? We did place this as an alt. Yeah, because if this was in if if you if the GM decides to place it as a prime, that means the system platform connects to the outer plane to many of these um Deities, God, deities, you know, you step. Yes, that, that would be true. Yeah. Or the even, uh, system, this the the star and system platforms. In that case, if you do place this as a prime, oh my god, and system <sighs> would connect to these other planes. Yeah, and right. This, and the and the uh, star platforms would go where to the holes. <laughs> To other planets within the system. Well, no, is no. if you would be entering the 
the star platform goes to other planet, other planets within the system. No, yeah, other stars. Which means you would end. You would be going to no, the star platform. Does not go to other planets in the system. They go to other stars within forty light years. Oh, okay, never mind. That's why I'm asking, is it would they go, therefore, to uh, the uh, Ethereum or possibly close. even locations out beyond the um, uh, the Mundus? It would most likely go to different different places of uh, different sections of Ethereus, given its connection. Yeah, now I don't know what's out in there, okay? I mean, all I know is this where all the magic is and... It leaks through, and especially through the big hole that's the sun. Oh, so is, is there actually planets out there or realms or places right. people can live? All right. It, the system platform goes to other places within the system. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And I'm looking that's where I was going, because the system, with it establishing that the other eight, that the eight planets are also effectively the eight divines and the planets they reside on, and there happens to be eight system platform. There's eight portals on the system platform. You could have each one go to a different one. Yeah. yeah. And I'm looking at the Aetherius link, and the, yeah, there are worlds and there's places you can visit on in the Aetherius, from the looks of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's you know there's there's realms as mentioned for at least four mentioned realms. Uh, Sov. Uh, oh wow, this likes Russian. Sovgard. Mantillion Crux, the Sands Behind the Stars, and the Far Shores. These are four different realms. And, you know, hey, you know, you're, you're a good GM. Come up with four more. <laughs> you know, and, and remember these... A whole bunch more. Yeah, and remember, these are uh, platforms, not portals. So you've got a platform that goes to eight different places in each one of these realms. Yeah. Yeah, and and they're all kind of connected through the Aetherius, so yeah. And that that further brings in the overall cosmology of the world into the fringe of the aspect. Yeah, because as a prime, you can visit one of these planes, and you come to realize, oh, I'm on a this is an infinite world. I mean, this is huge. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's. And if you, and if depending on your on your team's protocols, you may actually go to the to the system platform just to see if anything's open. And you find this one's open. Send the send the send the wind up through, and it comes back. And you look at the pictures, going, um, what? Because <laughs> uh, if these are infinite planes, I imagine that well, they're flat, which means you have horizon going to the horizon, so to speak. Oh. <laughs> or as there ways oh, even. Even French-worthy, they're still mortal beings. They might not be able to perceive them that way. Mm. Until they're actually on it. Oh, so the camera, so the camera on there may not be able to take a picture. It might not work properly. Hmm. Well, I think that would be involved with what level of technology do these gods permit? I'm trying to remember what we had established. Oh, remember, before. remember, you have the you have the the 18 hours. It's still, you know, you still eighteen hours is still well, working technology and, and dealing with other planes. So. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's still going to work for eighteen hours before it stops working. Right. So. And it's a matter of since each of these other planes is controlled by the deity it represents. It's a matter of, at that point. It's a matter of what they would allow to work on their particular plane. Yeah. 
I would say for the purposes of maintaining the GM, maintaining his sanity, you might want to stick this on an alt. <laughs> Just yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, but we also know that we can but revolve alts into primes. And so it's, it, it would be good for us to at least consider where those, those worlds would end up if something, if this particular alt was promoted to a prime. Okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, each one of those realms. Uh, the thing is, those realms are nothing compared to to anyone going to the to the uh, to the star platforms at that point, because now you're in Ethereus. What what's going on there? <laughs> Here's the funny thing: the stars in this particular world, because they're on the inside of a sphere, they're all equidistant from Earth. Well, but it's also an infinite plane. Right. So they are and they aren't. And right. Well, the point is that the reason the star, the, the reason that some stars are brighter than others is because the hole they made was bigger. Yeah. yeah. And right. the constellations actually do matter because they probably were made by different, by the related Arda passing through them, passing through the, uh, the fabric of space. The constellations are a collection of stars, since each star is a bridge to the plane of the magic plane. Mm -hmm. Very powerful phenomenon because it's a stronger connection yep. through that particular shape. Yeah. So there are, generally, there are generally accepted to be thirteen constellations. Yeah. So the planets. So this. I mean, let's look at back here. So we're talking about and. This one image I'm looking at. Oh, I didn't mean to do that. Let's go back. There we go. Let's try this again. This one image I'm looking at has not only the one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight planets. It also has another ring of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen planets outside of that, like uh, Nocturnal and Morning Bell. <laughs> Or mm -hmm. mo, mo, uh, is it Molik Bell? Uh uh. Nocturnal. Molik Ball. Molik Ball. Marin's Dagon and the like. There are 16 of them. But those are called the Daedric Princes. Ah. They rule over realms of oblivion. Okay. Ah. So these are different realms of oblivion outside of the area of Mundus. Oh, right. I, oh, I see how you got. I see how you have this thing. Mundus is actually both the world, but also the area around Nern. Does that sound right? I mean, this illustration. I mean, see. I mean, I doubt the illustration will copy over this. This link will work, but let me just copy that and slap it in the chat. Mundus is the plane that encompasses Nern's, its moons, or er, Nern's, it, Nern, its moons, and attendant Adric planets. Okay. It is surrounded by oblivion. All right, so that that just surrounds that. All right, so that makes sense of the of this of this of this illustration then that someone's made. So there's right. there, there's a sphere inside the sphere is Nern and its attendant Ardra, and then outside of that are these realms of oblivion. Okay. Uh huh. All right. Actually, in that case, it's possible that the system platforms may actually, star system platforms may actually not connect to the stars, may actually connect to one of these realms. Right. Yeah, and that's what I'm thinking. Yeah. The star platform, yeah. 
more than like they connect to other these other realms. Yeah, yeah, because it's all within the oblivion. Yeah, so yeah. If it, you could put it either depending on what you wanted, what the GM wants to do with it. Yeah, so I'm looking at the one one I can actually spell properly, Akatosh. So this what's what's the, what does the wiki say about Akatosh? He's the dragon god of time, chief god of the pantheon, and father of the dragonborn, and all dragons in general. So a good place to visit. <laughs> Akatosh. There we go. Right. Represents the qualities of endurance, visibility, and everlasting <clears throat> legitimacy. So the world, so this plane of Akatosh. Right. Would be is the base of the home of dragons. Then is what you're saying. Essentially. All right. So they wouldn't take vi kindly to visitors walking out of that strange portal over there? <laughs> Probably not. Probably not. Yeah, dragons do tend to be a, just a wee bit territorial. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's probably given the fact that given the fact that he's represented by dragons, probably very monotonous. I, I like the illustration I see of him in the wiki because he has... A human head and a dragon head, but they're facing opposite directions. Oh, yes. It's, it's, it's considered the god defender of the empire as well, so that's mm. symbolism there. Okay. So when you, if you visit his, his, his plane, yeah, it's going to be interesting. He might appear as either. Yeah. Certainly know you're there. Yep. Actually, not much here about the plane of Akatosh. No. The, the other planes are not very explored very well. At least, like. Well, I can imagine, I mean, you know, you know I, there's a good reason why, because they're usually home to some special specialist deity and it's attended creatures that they don't take kindly to strangers. <laughs> right. So, yeah. And if this is your typical fringe-worthy platform, maybe one or two are open. So if you were to pick a world, pick one of these planes, what would be the least dangerous for for a team of fringe-worthy to visit? The least dangerous? Yeah. Uh, do you want me to go with Aetherius or... Mundus. The, the, the eight worlds in Mundus. Uh, like, uh, what's it? Ac okay. RK? Or... RK. How dangerous is RK? <laughs> he is the god of the cycle of life and death. And yeah, I'll look it up. RK is the god of life and death. Whoa, okay, I, I picked a good one, didn't I? Okay, so let me get this straight. Basically, if these planets are gods and they would be worlds, you would be basically fashioning these worlds based on what these gods' domains are. Yeah. Right. If if Arke is the god of the cycle of birth and death, the ecosystem would be super omnivoric. It would be verdant. It would be fecund. It would be survival of the fittest. Yeah. Lush plant, lush, yeah. lush plant life, animal life everywhere. It would be a sylvan world. I'm thinking more of a, a death world. Yeah. He's the god of the cycle, so it would be period periodically you would. Oh, I can see that too. You can take it the other way, Trav. It's the world where I saw this short once. Mm -hmm. um, there was this 
beautiful forest with the with the spirit and then the the fiery spirit of the of the erupting volcano coming and destroying things. Mm-hmm. And then and everything's growing again. That sort of thing. Yeah, so it depends on, on how fast the cycle is. You could come right. you could be in the beginning of the uh, rebirth cycle. And everything is growing and everything's happy and, and, and things are doing the things. Or you be getting close to the cycle of death. Right. You could be getting close to the end of the cycle. The point is, Arcade's realm would go through that cycle. Well, that would just be like the season. Spring is birth and summer you're growing up. Then fall, you're, you know, things are starting to decline and winter is death. That's just mm-hmm. how it would be. It would be a matter of seasons. Yeah, but in this case, everything dies. It's like the entire world dies yeah. all at once. Yeah, sucks to be you. You come at you come at uh, at uh, eleven fifty nine, so to speak. Oh man, I nailed. Oh, I nailed my my hypothesis here. He is the god of burials and funeral rites, and is sometime associated with the seasons. Trav's limited powers over synchronicity work again. Wow. Yep, and they are opponents of necromancy. Yes. Well, because necromancy breaks that circle of life. I mean, that right. breaks that whole cycle. Yeah. So how about, is it Mara? I'm trying to read this this graphic. Yes, Goddess of love and compassion, also called the Mother Goddess. Ah, that might be a safe place to go. Her origin started in mythic times as a fertility goddess. Oh, yeah. This is where you This is where you have a sure leaf. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So Mara would be a safe place to go uh, to visit. As, as long as you're married. Mm. Well, it, then you have her blessings on you. The, the, the marriage thing is because she's the goddess of love. It's tradition to close mm-hmm. by showing an amulet, by, by giving someone an amulet of mine. Right, but the point is, is that you've already received her blessing, so, you know, it's nice to have anything in your pocket when you go into a god's realm. Mm-hmm. That's true, yeah. Uh, so that would be a safe place to visit. Yeah, uh, you you wouldn't want to be, you know, you wouldn't want to be, de- you know, uh, uh, Debbie the wh- whoremonger, okay? Yeah, yeah. Just, <laughs> yeah. That, might, that might be a problem in Mara's realm, I don't know. Or Barnacle Bill the Sailor, yeah. Um. <laughs> or interesting ones to go to. Zenithar. Ah, Zenithar. Why does that just remind me of an old, uh, you know, Xanabar. Zenithar. Not Zenith. Sorry, 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 autocorrect. Not Zenith. He, it, oh, 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 here we go. Zenithar is the divine of wealth, labor, commerce, and communication. His priests have demonstrated that through earnest work and honest profit, not through war and bloodshed, peace and prosperity will develop. I, ooh, I'd almost want to make this like a commerce world where the ultimate thing is just the mm. art of the deal. It would be like a planar metropolis, just, mm-hmm. yeah, that's how I'd run it. That's me. I mean, you know. Yeah, it actually wouldn't be a bad, you know, hey, we're always talking about what's in it for, uh, what's in it for Unita and, and Earth Prime. This is the guy who can make the deals. Okay, let's see. Um, the spirit and pride of honest work and the reward that follow it are what Zenithar prides. Miners, woodcutters, and blacksmiths alike are a few of what Zenithar considers a crucial way of living your life as almost all of his worship and followers come from these crafts. 
In the Empire, however, he is a far more cultivated god of merchants and middle nobility, appearing to give him a more diverse group of followers. A common phrase spoken by his worshippers, despite his mysterious origins, Zenithar is the god that will always win. Oh no, this would be a commerce world. You could, If you were a planar traveler, this is where you could get anything and everything for a price. Yeah. Oh, now the question is the price. Right. That's the point. As there are nine divines for the most part, the only one that's not represented by a planet is Talos, because he actually formed later. Let's go with that. Okay, let's see. So, but yeah, Zenithar, yeah, I could see. This is a world where, yeah, but the thing is, we're not talking money. We're talking commerce. In, in commerce, uses something in trade, in like. You need we need something to cure. You know, the cure this unique disease that cropped up in Earth Prime. He's got it, but you got you got to pay his price, and and his price is it may not be is not money. It may be a a task or a quest you need to do. Right. Before he gives you this cure. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's something to consider. Yeah, so that would be yes. It definitely you, when you go there, you go with a full team with a nice with a nice spread of, of skills because you're going to need them to get these things. You, you know, uh, that could be actually a, a later a, a a second you know uh, um, not second generation a um, later on quest after first contact. The, you know, we find out about the Zenithar guy. We found we can go to his world and find somebody who can give us something we desperately need back in Earth Prime, but. We gotta be prepared to pay the price, and the price is never gonna be money. Never gonna be for things. It's gonna be something you do, right? Yeah, some sort of deed you have to you have to uh, you have to perform somewhere, somewhere within this prime node. You may have to go to the to the star platforms because you have to go to Aetherius to do this to do this task. Oh, I oh Josie, I got a question for you. Okay, let's say we decide to put this on a prime. How would these gods, divines, entities feel that these people can all bump? I mean, because I'm sure pretty much there's not a lot of travel to these other worlds from right. the people on Nern. Mm -hmm. How would these gods slash divines slash entities feel? Oh, yeah, we have these people just popping from, from planet to planet willy-nilly. How would they take that that we have this shortcut at our disposal as... Unite a team members. What? Yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just leave it at that. Yeah, or whiskey tango foxtrot. You know, yeah, yeah, the there. You know, <laughs> right? Because you know, there's they're used to thinking themselves as omnipotent, omniscient. Well, I don't know about omniscient, but omnipotent, well, and all there it. is. And yet, you know, you, they suddenly find out there is a multi-universal thing going on that they weren't even part of. Right. They, well, would they would certainly know. Why would they know? They, they would certainly know, even if they couldn't use them themselves, they would certainly know that this, well, for lack of a better term, hole in their plane has opened. Well, remember, remember, Bruce, um, I'm sure I remember Blix said this a while ago that when the Termellard made the fringe path, it was basically this massive algorithm that plotted where all the portals would go. And we said it was anywhere between what, 100,000, 250,000 years ago? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Ish. Okay. Yeah. Those gods would know, okay, wait a minute, what is this? To, uh, okay, I know I didn't put this here. 
and I can't right. do a dang thing to it. I can't hurt it. It's like, all right, who put this here? Who left this behind? You yeah, know, all I the mean, ring stations yeah. show up. I mean, I have a feeling that on this, this uh, at least on these plane, these planets, the ring state you're going into ring stations. There's no portals. They're all ring stations. There's no warp on these ones. They would all be stations because the god would just rearrange the planet. Right. Oh yeah. Exactly. He'd yep. be like, no, 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 no. I want to see what this is. Yeah. Yep. No, no, I'm going to see what this is, and I'm going to keep an eye on it. And we wouldn't be the first ones there. 100,000 years is an awful long time for no one to come through that thing. Oh, no, the Termelorn or the Melor would have come through these portals Heck, already. Yeah, the Commonwealth would came through. I don't yeah, know. Yeah. Probably they would have sent the uh, the Melor first. Yeah. Once they had them, they you know that's the whole point of the Meller is to go through, evaluate, report back, and then if if decided that they need you know it's time it's time to have somebody to nurture them along, then they would go back and do that job. Oh, 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 oh just no, no. I'm pretty sure that there are that's no awesome. Meller on worlds in which there is nothing intelligent on. That thoughts. I think that'd be kind of a waste of of Meller. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And there's plenty of those worlds, even close by to Earth Prime, like Turtle World. Nothing but big turtles here. Yup, well, big turtles. Now, of course, that's the, you know they may be falling into the fallacy of we only looked like ten miles away from the portal. Maybe there's a huge gleaming metropolis, you know, beyond that. But I, I got a feeling that the first miller through a, a portal, either on Nern or one of these planes, will be met by a god or somebody. To be continued. Yo, brothers, this was the TriTech Games Podcast. You know the drill. It's protected under the Creative Commons License 3.0. No commercial reproduction, no derivatives, and sucker, you best attribute this to the folks at TriTech Games. And if you don't, we'll be after your sorry butts. Cause we're some bad mothers.